Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a pleasure to welcome you to this online worship experience here on December 27th in the broad community of the Village Church, both here in Rancho Santa Fe and around the world. Let me also say to you, Merry Christmas. As we move further into this Christmas season, let me remind you that you may be in touch with us for prayer or communicating messages or giving your financial support through the addresses that are printed on your screen. And I would remind those of you who are wanting to make end of the year gifts that your gifts to the church either need to be delivered to the office or postmarked no later than December 31st, just a few days from now. I'm happy to report that our Monday evening Bible study will resume on January 11th. They're going to be studying the parables. If you'd like more information about how you can sign up for that wonderful experience, be in touch with Laura Metzger. Her email address is now on the screen. Also, our La Costa Glen Women's Wednesday and Men's Thursday Bible studies will resume in January, the week of January 10th. They will be uh, online virtual experiences. We're not quite sure when the on-site or in-person experiences will resume. But if you'd like to have more information about that study of Paul's letter to the Romans this year, be in touch with Holly Crawford. Our Sunday morning Bible study also continues they're looking at the book of Exodus. If you'd like to sign up for that Zoom experience on Sunday mornings, uh, be in touch with Holly Crawford and she'd be happy to direct you to the right folks to be in touch with. My backdrop today is the Christmas tree that is gracing our church campus out on the patio when we gather for worship. And it seemed to be just the right thing to be with me in worship today. And you'll see why later on as we move into the time of my message. Let's prepare though to worship God and let's do so as we remember these ancient and yet timely words from the ninth chapter of the prophet Isaiah. A child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Friends, let's worship the living God.
Christ was born, and God sent us salvation that blessed Christmas morn. In this continuing season of Christmas, where we celebrate the reality that the Word made flesh in Jesus Christ has come to us and to the world, offering the very life and love of God to each and all of us, we therefore can come together with our prayers of confession, naming the ways in which we have broken God's heart, naming the ways in which we are in need of God's generous grace and mercies in Jesus Christ. Let us confess our sins together. God of forgiveness and mercy, hear our prayer as we confess our sin. With moments so critical, we let time go by. With deliverance so near, we linger in the darkness. With Christ as our armor, we yet fear the unknown foe. With the night having passed, we still hesitate to greet the new day. O God, lead us forth that we may meet the moment you graciously give us. Dispel the shadows so that your will may be clear. Clothed with light and new life in Christ, let us go forth as those awake to your will. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Sisters and brothers in Christ and people of God, receive and believe and trust the good news of God in Jesus Christ, that God so loved the world that he gave his Son for the life of the world. In Jesus Christ, life, death, resurrection, and ascension, you and I have been saved, you and I have been redeemed, you and I have been set free to love God and to love one another. Thanks be to God. Amen. May the peace of Christ be with you. Because God has given us peace with him and with one another, let us therefore share signs of peace, of God's peace, God's love, and God's joy with one another. I encourage and invite you to share signs of peace with those who are with you, with your friends, with your neighbor, with strangers, so all may know that God has come in Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen. And fly.
Good morning, Kids Village, and welcome back to your kids' messages. Today marks the last kids' message for the year of 2020, and what a year it has been. Your curriculum wraps up this year by talking about trusting in God, and your bottom line says that you can trust in God no matter what. This last year, you all have had to trust in God in many situations. You've had to trust Him with being at home more, not being able to be at school as much, not being able to be around your friends, and maybe you've been watching your families go through difficult situations. So this last year, you have really had to put that trust in God into practice. And so our reminder for you all is that you take that trust and you bring that into 2021. This is why this morning I chose to do my kids' message in front of the banner that's behind me of all the books of the Bible. The Bible can tell us so many different stories about people who have trusted in God in situations in their lives that were really difficult. So as we move into 2021, get those Bibles out and get ready to learn more about how we can trust in God. We hope that you have all enjoyed celebrating Christmas with your families this last week and that you enjoy bringing in the new year for 2021. Bye-bye. the sun. 
Jesus our Savior. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that he will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. Our judge and our defender suffered and crucified. Forgiveness is in Descended into darkness, you rose in glorious light, forever seated high. I believe in God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection, that we will rise again, for I believe in the name of Jesus, I believe in you, I believe you rose again, and I believe that Jesus Christ is Will you please join me in a time of prayer? I will lead us in a pastoral prayer and then invite you to join in the Lord's Prayer. Let us come before the throne of God's grace and give him all that is on our hearts. Let us pray. Holy God, who is our Creator and Father, we give you all glory for your Son, Jesus Christ, born to redeem us, and give us new life, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Gratefully, we claim that indeed we are called your people, set apart for your good works. Lead us in all your ways, making straight our path of joyful obedience to embrace your love and kindness. Fill us afresh that we might minister effectively in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Lord, we are but a few days before ending the year 2020 a year with so many lows, though even some great highs as well. 
We long for the yesterday that allowed us to roam freely, embracing brothers and sisters in faith. We are so eager to travel, to see our family and friends, but also to foreign places, to pick up on our mission travel to our partners working all over the world for your sake. Oh Lord, we miss being together and singing at the top of our lungs with one another in praise, prayer, and in childlike exuberance. We've been so long about the business of protecting others from ourselves as they graciously and sacrificially have protected us from any harm. We wish the midnight bell on December 31st would make such a new day that all viruses would be gone, that things would be immediately normal or the way it used to be. Forgive us for impatience. Forgive us for grumbling when it is only our voice and not our stomachs, unlike so many who are hungry and suffering economically during this time. Forgive us for criticism of process or decisions and help us be encouragers part of the solution for the way forward. Help us regain afresh the joy in each day, trusting you over all else and remembering that nothing can separate us from the love of God and your son, Christ Jesus. Even as we stay safe in the time awaiting more vaccinations to be available and more recipients to receive them, help us to spread not germs of illness, but prayers and words of joy and compassion. We lift up those who need healing, Lord, so many who need your healing hand for their cancer, for children so young and older saints who desire to live healthy lives. We pray for those who, despite all their good efforts, are in deep depression and cannot seem to find a way through this dark valley. Show us afresh your light, Lord God. Remind us of the future and the hope. Promise and fulfill this day through Jesus our Lord who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Let us begin our time in the scriptures with a prayer for illumination. Please join me in prayer. Guide us, O God, by your word and Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover peace. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from the letter to the Galatians. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. And a reading from the Gospel according to Luke. When the time had come for purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for the glory to your people of Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. The word of the Lord. There's an old saying that goes, Christmas is for children. Well, maybe. What we usually mean when someone says Christmas is for children is that Christmas is for children because of so many of the things that are involved in the celebration of Christmas. They're talking about the magic of Santa Claus that appeals so much to children and those of us like me who are still very childlike in our way of thinking. Sometimes we're talking about the excitement of receiving gifts. There's nothing quite so quintessentially beautifully painful as waiting for all those gifts and then the incredible joy as a little kid of tearing into them on Christmas morning. Part of what we're talking about when we say that Christmas is for children is that there's so much fantasy, so much fun in the season involving reindeer and snowmen and all kinds of other things. You know what I'm talking about. Well, I don't mean to be the Grinch, but that is not what Christmas is about. And yet, I do believe that Christmas is for children. 
but in this way. One of the first stories told to us about Jesus in his childhood after he's born is a story that Luke tells. Joseph and Mary take the baby Jesus into Jerusalem, probably 40 days after his birth, to dedicate him to God, to present him to God in the temple. That's what all faithful and observant Jewish families would do. And we know that Joseph and Mary were very faithful Jews. Now, there are many things to focus on in this story, but the one thing I want to focus on is the old man, Simeon, who's been waiting in the temple all of his life to see the Messiah that he believes God, day, God will one day send to the people. Simeon somehow, we don't know how, but Simeon somehow realizes that this little boy brought into the temple on this particular day by this particular couple is the Messiah, the Savior. And he, he proclaims that this child has been born as the fulfillment of God's plan and prophecy. When Simeon looked at the child Jesus, he foresaw the, the salvation of God that would be coming into the world. Simeon foresaw the promise of a new beginning, not just for Israel, but for the whole world, and he saw it now in the person of Jesus. Jesus was the Son of God, but, but also a human child. Later on, Paul would describe Jesus as the firstborn of all creation. You see, Christmas is about a child, and it is for children. It's about God being born into the world as one of us, even as a baby. God entering our world in order to redeem it. There's more to it than that. Later on, as the first people who knew Jesus reflected about who Jesus was and what he had done, they would come to say many things about him. Paul was one of those. As he wrote to the Christians in Galatia, he reminded them that the Son of God had to be born to a woman, a human being, in order to accomplish the redemption of all people. That's part of the mystery of what we call the incarnation, that God, divinity, and, and human, human flesh became one in one person. In that incredibly amazing and mysterious transaction that occurred as Jesus was born, Paul saw that God was adopting all as his children. Yes, we say that God is the creator, is the father of all, but now God in some sense re-adopts us. God welcomes us back into his family, the family that we have chosen to leave. God welcomes us back into that family as his children. We are adopted, if you will, in this amazing miracle of Jesus entering the world as we all enter the world, as a baby born to a mother. Now, I want you to know that I love my folks. I'm proud to be called their son. And yet I'm also happy to be called a child 
of God. As a child of my mom and dad, I have a history. I have a heritage. I know much about that history, where they came from and and where their parents came from and the kinds of cultures from which I was born. Three, Anglo culture, Spanish culture, and a little bit of the Native American culture. I have a history and a heritage. And as a child of God, I also have a history. I have a heritage a history of God's interaction in creating people and then in creating those special people, the Jews, as a sign and a seal and a vehicle by which God would work in the world. Paul reminded the Galatians of something that's true of all of us who have been welcomed back into the family of God. He says we have an inheritance from God. I suppose I'll have an inheritance from mom and dad but I know I have an inheritance from God. The inheritance of a great tradition of faith and understanding, an inheritance of the promise of God, an inheritance of the presence of God in my life and the promise of God for a future that never ends with him. All of that I receive and you receive because Christmas is about children, the fact that we are children of God. Let's go back though. We're still in the Christmas season. We will be uh, for a couple more weeks now. There is much, I believe, that you and I can learn from and benefit from as we think about the things that we learned in childhood about Christmas. As I think about what was important and special to me in Christmas, one of the things I think about is the Christmas tree. Now, as I was growing up, in order to get a Christmas tree, what we would do would be to pile into dad's old blue Chevy pickup, and we would drive 30 or 40 miles out into the forest and walk around oftentimes in the snow until we found the perfect tree. We would cut it down ourselves, bring it home, and then dad would put it on a stand and we'd mount it in the house. We'd decorate it with cool colored lights and fancy bells and balls and it smelled really good and it looked just amazing there in the living room in front of the picture window and you wanted it to stay up all year because it was such a beautiful thing. What we sometimes forget is that the Christmas tree is an evergreen tree that reminds us of the everlasting life that we are offered in a relationship with God through the son, through the child who was born. Christmas trees are not the only thing of Christmas, of course. One of the other very special things about my childhood growing up was luminarias, those small little brown paper bags where you put a candle inside and then light it at night and it glows so beautifully. In some parts of New Mexico, Illuminaria is a small fire. Those little fires, those little lights were beautiful in and of themselves, magnificent decorations. And of course, here at the church, we have them on Christmas Eve. The light, though, is important. Originally, those small luminarias or farolitos, as they're sometimes called, were meant to light the way for the Holy Family to to come to Bethlehem. Light is important at Christmas. John reminds us that 
the light of God was coming into the world in Jesus and that the darkness cannot overcome the light. All the lights of Christmas, not just the luminarias, not just the lights on the trees, but all those lights of Christmas, the ones hanging all over your neighbor's houses, are meant to remind us of the light of Christ that came into the world. What else is special about Christmas to you from your childhood? I know what's special to me is some of the food. One of my very favorite foods in the whole world are frosted sugar cookies that mom would make only at Christmas time. She would also make certain other foods like carne alavada and empanadas, very special, wonderful, delicious foods. She'd make them only once a year, partly because they were so much work but also because they were reserved for something special. They were reserved for the celebration of the birth of the child. As a child, I would wait all year for those wonderful flavors to be available to get from mom's kitchen. And now, of course, those wonderful foods take me back to those memories of childhood but even more so, those wonderful foods remind me of the celebration of the birth of Jesus. Later on, I would be welcomed as a child to a different table, a table that would be in our small church in the small town where I grew up, a table that would have a very simple meal, a meal of bread and wine that would remind me of that Christ child and the gift he gave us of giving his life back to us so that we could be adopted as children of God. What else is special to you about Christmas? We have to talk about Santa Claus, of course. You realize that Santa Claus is based on a real person from ancient history, a real person who gave gifts to little children just as the Magi just as the wise men gave to Jesus. Maybe as a child, Santa Claus is the most important part of Christmas. That's okay with me as long as we connect that saint with the one who truly was holy and in his holiness gave us the one gift that we all truly need. Well, let's talk about gifts then for a minute. One of those things that makes kids so excited. I don't know about you, but as a child, I couldn't wait for the catalogs to come, the Christmas catalogs, the Montgomery Ward catalog, the Sears catalog, the J.C. Penney catalog. The Christmas version of those catalogs would come, and I would sit for hours and hours and hours and look through the toy sections and plan out all of the things that Santa Claus would no doubt bring to me at Christmas. Do you remember some of your Christmas presents as a child? I remember, and I even still have some of mine. I have what to me was a huge dump truck. It's probably about so wide. It was orange. My folks found a way to smuggle it all the way from New Mexico back to North Carolina where we celebrated Christmas that year. As a kid, I never noticed it there in the trunk of our old 64 Pontiac, but I always remember that truck and I still have it and someday my grandson's gonna get to play with it. 
I remember a huge green army tank that ran on D batteries and made this great growling noise. I remember a stereo record player. It was the size of a small suitcase and it unfolded and you could put a, an LP, a 33 big chunk of black plastic vinyl stuff and, and for the first time I could have my own music in my own room. Thank you very much. Those are some of the gifts I remember. Of course, all of them came through the generosity and the love of older folks in my family who loved me. The best gifts come from our loving parent in heaven, don't they? All of those things were part of the childhood joy of Christmas for you. And I'm sure that as I've been speaking, that you have been thinking of some of the special gifts that you received at Christmas. Some of the special things about Christmas that, that filled your childhood with joy. That joy, friends, I believe still can be ours as we link all of these things of Christmas to the real meaning of Christmas, which is, of course, Jesus. Just this Christmas, I got a couple of new gifts that are going to be in that same category of very special gifts as I move forward in my life. They're brand new gifts that came to us, and I want to share them with you today. One of them is a gift from Scott and Jenna Wilson, and it's this gorgeous ornament that you can hang on your tree. Now, I don't know if you can tell what it is on camera, but I hope you can, because this is the first ever Christmas tree ornament that is meant to be a roll of toilet paper. What more fitting Christmas tree ornament could there be this year than a roll of toilet paper? Now, I could derive all kinds of theological significance from this, but I think I'm going to leave that one right where it sits and just be thankful that we can share a little bit of humor in this Christmas season. The other Christmas gift that we got this year was from Diane Basher. Diane always sends us Christmas presents, and this is what she sent this year. It is a cross made by the Nambe Company in northern New Mexico. It's a beautiful cross made of shiny metal. The alloy has never been revealed to anyone. It's still a secret what it's made out of. But Diane sent us this cross, and, and when I opened it, I looked at it and thought, oh, my word. You see, just over a year ago, when I visited Iraq, I took five of these crosses and I presented them to the Presbyterian churches in Erbil and Kirkuk and Basra and Mosul and Baghdad. There are five churches in Iraq full of brothers and sisters in Christ 
full of people who also are children of God. They have had this cross for over a year, and now I have one that was given as a gift to me and to Helen. I have one just like it. And it will always remind me of the brothers and sisters that I have there, that you have there in Iraq. These are very special presents that tell me not just of the love of the people who gave them, but tell me of the love of a loving God. Especially this cross, the quintessential symbol of Christian faith, the symbol that came to tell people in the whole world that that a special child has been born. That child grew to be a man. That child was the promise of God fulfilled. That child was and that child is still alive and, and with us today as a gift from God. When Simeon saw the child Jesus, he saw a new beginning. He saw the future that God had planned for all of us. When you and I think about our memories of Christmas and look at all the trappings of Christmas today, what do we see? Do we see symbols of faith? Do we see reminders of the love of family and friends? Do we see things that tell us about the eternal truths of God that we can have everlasting life? that we can have joy in receiving and giving gifts, especially the joy of receiving and giving the gift of knowing Christ. I believe that we can have the childlike joy of Christmas in our lives for all of our lives. And my prayer for you this Christmas season is that as you think of all of these things of Christmas, as you celebrate the trees and the decorations and the food that you will celebrate especially the gift of the child, God child, into your life. God bless you. Amen. Will you please join me now as we affirm our faith? Lord, now let us, your servants, depart in peace according to your word. For our eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel.
part of the power of Christmas itself derives from the memories of Christmas's past. Part of the joy of the celebration comes in remembering all the Christmases that have come before and in remembering the joy of faith that we have, faith that was taught to us in part by those Christmas celebrations. Today and later on this week, and frankly for the rest of this year, I would invite you to keep savoring those memories. Keep enjoying the beautiful things of Christmas, especially those that, that speak of the Christ child who was born for us. And as you remember, as you savor, as you're filled with that joy again, think about how you will help create those memories for someone else for the children who are part of your life. As you share your joy of Christmas with them, that joy will catch fire in their hearts and lives, and they will share it one day with others until the whole world knows the joy of knowing Jesus. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you his peace today and always. Amen.